the blast from our past network. Hello, Newman. This is so f***ing good! No good for you! These pretzels are making me thirsty! Not that there's anything wrong with that. Serenity now! He's a re-gifter! Well, let's start the insanity. Mm, giddy up. Welcome to Seinfeld. Fuck, I fuck this up every goddamn time. <laughs> You did it good last time. <laughs> I did it good last time. You know what? Even my wife made fun of me of fucking it up. She was like, ha, ha, ha. You're the host of Seinfeld, a Cartwright podcast. I've only screwed it up like three times and maybe, maybe twice. <laughs> and I, this happened again. I think She's it's got it in my head. I think it's become, yeah, it's like a mental tick thing that you're. <laughs> all right. I'm doing it. All right. I'm keeping all, all right. of this, baby. Fuck it. Fuck it. We're, we're, I'll do it live. Welcome to Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. We are two super fans giving you every single episode of Seinfeld back to back to back because we love Seinfeld and you love Seinfeld. It's the best. It's a babka, baby. It's a chocolate babka. You know what? No, it's a cinnamon babka because we <laughs> talked about that last episode. All right. But this episode, we are talking season five, episode 14, The Marine Biologist. I don't know why I did that very Oprah style, but <laughs> whatever. Uh, it first aired on February 10th, 1994. And Corey, please give us that synopsis. Yes, but real quick, let me do some... What'd you say, 1994? February 10th, 1994. I was... Oh, 16 years old, about to turn 17 in five days. My birthday is February 15th, so this oh, aired when I was 16. Yeah. I was at this point eight. So I imagine you weren't watching it. You said last episode Hell that no. you did watch it towards the end. What what season mm. did you jump in when you were in real time? Um honestly, it was probably early season nine, maybe late season eight. I remember watching like the Frogger episode uh, live, but that was a late season nine, yeah. I think. Um I remember the backwards episode, but again, that was like a, a, a late season niner or something like that. Um, so I I wasn't hard into this. It was much later when it was on heavy rotation on TBS where I really, really got into Seinfeld. I mean, it was probably watching it a little bit early on in the or you know, early on for me, but like late in the in the run in real life that I was like, okay, I started the appreciation. But it was the syndication that really hooked me in. Did anyone in your house watch it, or did you have to get to it on your own? I think I was... My mom wasn't a big Seinfeld person. My brother has vehemently talked about how he dislikes Seinfeld. Yeah. Um, my sister's not a, really a fan either that I know of. And so this was just my kind of thing, and I it was probably my own. Um, I think in college, when you have like a lot of extra time and yeah. you're just you know, you're by yourself or whatever, or, you know, with your roommate and you're just like watching shit on TV. I watched a lot of game show network and I think I watched watched a lot of like Seinfeld and other just like a, a ton of scrubs and other kind of like great shows in syndication at that time. Nice. Nice, dude. That's awesome. I was, um, I was watching it all like in real time at this mm -hmm. point. Um, I know that, I mean, yeah, I guess I went to college right after the finale because I, I went I, I did community college after high school mm -hmm. so like I was still able to like sort of maintain that lifestyle of like watching the shows and stuff because when yeah. I when I went to college 
Um, that's when I kind of missed uh, the season of Buffy with like Hush, you know, the Hush season of Buffy where yeah. they had that awesome episode. And by the way, guys, back in the 90s, um, when you miss an episode, you just missed it. There was no <laughs> other way to see it. Maybe you'd see it on rerun during the summertime when it happened again, but there was no way of seeing it. So I didn't actually get to see Hush until later uh, on Buffy. Buffy. Buffy is a show I would like to revisit personally um, just because I... That was a show that me and my family actually watched, not religiously, but like it was something that we all got together. My my sister was a big fan. Uh, I believe my mom even watched. I, we all got together and it, it was scheduled viewing yeah. for the Spees kids. Um, and we watched it for multiple seasons and we really enjoyed it. And then eventually it got a little weird and we all kind of grew up and got into our own separate things and kind of stuff. But like that is a show that... I really is in my nostalgia, but I haven't rewatched it in forever. But knowing it's like it was, it was a Joss Whedon, right? Yeah, it was Joss. Yeah. Knowing it's a Joss Whedon, it's one that I want to go back and rewatch just to be like that guy. I know how strong of a writer he is. I want to go back and see and find all the little intricacies of his great writing that I know I missed when I was younger. So just to put it out there, not confirming or committing to anything, but I, like you, loved Buffy. Uh, me and my buddy Luke, it was scheduled viewing. It was, you know, something we talked about. It was very much a show that, I, mm-hmm. you know, we watched for like three or four seasons and then went to college and then I have this gap. But then I did see the final season, you know. So mm. honestly, one of the things I've always wanted to do, and this is this as somebody who's never seen Breaking Bad, is I've always wanted to go back and watch Buffy from beginning to end and actually see the whole thing because there are some seasonal gaps for me at this point. So that is something I would very much love to do, which would be to revisit Buffy. (laughs) Exactly. Interesting. I can see Adam stroking (laughs) his his fake I'm stroking something, baby. (laughs) But mostly it's because of Sarah Michelle Gellar and not from anything you said. That is true. That is true. But uh, (laughs) we should probably get back to Seinfeld. Season of sleaze, baby. Season Season of sleaze, sleaze, baby. (laughs) All right. The breakdown or the the rundown or, Jesus, what's the term for it? The The summary. Synopsis. Synopsis. There you go. How, how much of that uh, juicy IPA have you had? Well, you know, the problem is I was taking your lines from you, so that's... <laughs> <laughs> All right, the marine biologist. Uh, by the way, shooting order, this came before the dinner party, but we'll... we'll yeah, we'll, I, no- I noticed that. Yeah, we'll talk about that uh, on our season five wrap-up episode like we always do. So, the marine biologist. George starts dating an old classmate when Jerry tells her that George is a successful marine biologist. Elaine's electronic organizer injures a passerby when her Russian novelist client (laughs) launches it out from their limo. Kramer golfs on the beach. That second sentence was a mouthful. Yeah. Yeah. And I would feel the whole Kramer golfing on the beach is a bit underplayed on that synopsis. (laughs) Kramer golfs on the beach, period. (laughs) Yeah. But there's more to it, and we will find out more about that as we go into our scene breakdown. And, per usual, we start off with a stand-up. This one on Nature Shows. That's right. Jerry loves Nature Shows. I don't know why I said it like that. Yeah, I was say, Jerry, that sounded like, like a um, 
third person, like Jerry <laughs> yeah. said. Jerry loves nature shows. Oh, yeah. It's like the guy that's going to shoot. I forgot his name. He's going to Jimmy? Come. Jimmy, yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy. Jimmy loves nature shows. <laughs> uh, he says, uh, I'll watch any kind of nature show. It's amazing how you can always relate to whatever they're talking about. You're watching the African dung beetle. You're going, boy, his life is a lot like mine. Pause for laughter. You will always root for whichever animal's the star of the show that week. Like, if it's the antelope and a lion's chasing the antelope, you go, run, antelope, run, use your speed, get away. The next week, it's the lion, and then you go, get the antelope, eat him, bite his ass. I love that. Bite his ass, trap him, don't let him use his speed. Dude, if it wasn't for the whole dung beetle part at the beginning, the little that little chunk at the beginning, uh-huh. I love the second half of this. I love how you you root for whichever one is the main character that week. I love that one. Yeah, but I find this one so true. Yeah. Like this is this is absolutely like a slice of life of just reality that you go and you watch play I'm a big Planet Earth mm-hmm. fan and this is the thing is like any proper documentary does this they still documentaries are not i don't want to say just as fake as other stuff but they are guiding you through storytelling through editing through narration through whatever to get you to feel the way they want you to feel and he's 100 correct you will they will storytell you correct properly in the way they want to like to feel with the uh with the antelopes and be like, oh my God, no, don't don't kill the antelopes. And then absolutely, they'll start talking about carnivores and they'll talk about how the lion has to feed their pride and all that kind of shit. And you're like, get the antelope so you can feed your pride. Like that is how you feel with this stuff when they're properly done. And he, Jerry nails it on the head. And actually, I like the dung beetle part hmm. because this is something that humans do, which is bullshit, but it's something that we do. I think is is probably something that adds to our humanity. But, like, we add human aspects to animals and to inanimate objects. And so you look at a dung beetle and you see, like, a dung beetle look over at a dung beetle and you're like, oh, he's fallen in love. It's like, no, he's a fucking dung beetle. He wants to fuck. Like, (laughs) he doesn't understand love. He doesn't think about that shit. But, like, we, we... put human aspects into non-human things. And I'm not going to lie, the whale brain, the dung beetle brain, the fucking antelope brain, they cannot understand concepts like the human brain can. And so, but we like to, we like to think that they can because we want to have a connection with them. And so this is a huge rant, but I'm putting it on there because I think this stand-up speaks so much truth about just people in general when they're watching these kind of shows. This is the most passionate you've ever been about <laughs> one of Jerry's stand-ups. But it's so true, man. It's so I, true. It, it is. It is. And it's, it, you know, and just because I didn't love the Dung Beetle part, I still think that this whole, it was a great, great stand-up and a yep. great way to go into whew, an episode. <laughs> it is an episode. All right. So. We start off at the apartment. Jerry talks about Golden Boy. Golden Boy! Golden Boy. A great, great Seinfeld uh, moment here. Great Seinfeld, like, you know, uh, thing that kind of... Part of the lore of Seinfeld. We've talked about that a little bit last episode. But, like, Golden Boy is just this this yellowish golden t-shirt that... (laughs) 
It's his best T-shirt. It's his best T. It's it's the first one in, first one out. And she's like, "Why don't you just like?" What he says, like, "Oh, but but the you know the irony yeah. is that every wash soak, soak it in some woolite. Yeah, is every what every wash like gets him closer to death." And she's like, "Soak him in some woolite. That'll save him." He's like, "No, you know, he's like he he it's like an athlete. He needs to. He's he's there every time. You know, he's like the Iron Man. It's like you take that away from him, you take away everything." I love how passionate he is about Golden Boy, and I have shirts that I. You know, are my favorite shirts. I get oh, them yeah. out of the wash. I can't wait to wear them. This was, of course, pre-2020 when I actually left the house. Um, and I've, <laughs> I've bought shirts since then. And I'm like, I can't wait to leave the house so I can wear this shirt. But, uh, for, yeah, but for have, me, I live I live much more in the corporate world. Yeah. And I have favorite shirts. And I'm like, God damn it, I can't wait till the weekend to where I can <laughs> wear this shirt. Because, like, otherwise I'm wearing a collared, like, yeah. a polo or a button-down or something every fucking day. And then in the weekend, I can just fucking let loose and just wear either like just my boxers or shorts or pants and a t-shirt and I'm just like I have my favorites that I'm just like oh, they're, they're, that's all I wear. And, and some people would argue that just because you work at home you should probably dress a little nicer maybe for your wife, maybe trim and shave your beard, but I retaliate <laughs> I retaliate with the golden boy. If if I wear this shirt, my I just got um, a, a shirt based on the 2014 movie The Guest uh, with Dan Stevens. Love that fucking movie. And, uh, but I can't wear it until I go out because I don't want to wash it and have it fade on me. You know, it's like yeah. <laughs> it's it's because it's because of this golden boy dialogue. I know it's going to fade eventually. Every shirt has a finite amount of time, you know, oh, yeah. and it's true. And we're all we have our favorites. God, that's sad. What's your currently? I will say my favorite is a Coca-Cola. It's just I think I got it at like Walmart or Target, but it is so soft and it is just like it's so comfortable. It's just a red shirt with Coca-Cola across the 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 center. Yeah. And that is absolutely without question my favorite t-shirt. Nice. And it's so comfortable. I just I love it. What about you? Yeah, no, I I have like a, a cavity uh, two cavity color shirts, uh one Return of the Living Dead, one The Guest. Um I got a couple like the fuck is a cavity colored shirt oh it, like a oh, cavity in your tooth it, color it's like you like you're telling me how gross your teeth are right now what the fuck does that mean the 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 shirt brand like the clothing line is called cavity colors and their like oh. style is a little bit more neon looking like there's a lot of neon greens and stuff okay. in it okay so. thank you but they do good art and uh the artist that they use is, is really fantastic but um you know and they put out like weird shit like return the living dead and stuff like that but again mm. You know, I'm like, oh, I want to wear it. But then, like, at the same time, my Return of the Living Dead t-shirt has zombie tits on it. So I can't wear it in front of my nephew, my five-year-old nephew. So, you know what I mean? So it just kind of sits in my my, my, my my closet. But because, and this is true, this is fucking true. Because I know that, like, if I wear it on a random day and no one sees it, that's that's one wash closer to death that that shirt comes and it's all because of golden boy it it's we yeah. talk we've talked about this for like 76 or 77 episodes at this point but it's true there's so many little seinfeld isms that are just literally a part of my dna at this point and i don't even know like where i begin and or it ends and i begin you know it's just a part of the fabric that is me and golden boy this whole golden boy thing is one of them that was a big rant, and I've realized like we've been recording for a while, and we're we're like the not even barely the first scene. Fucking going the for it, Golden Boy. <laughs> All right, so I do like just Jerry in general is being very annoying about Golden Boy. He's like he's emphasizing Golden Boy even even heavier to Elaine just to kind of annoy her, yeah, just, and yeah. I, I appreciate that. 
So I am, uh, but anno- I'm never I'm never annoyed by Jerry. So I like uh, it when he kind of does annoying uh, things to to get a rise out of somebody because I'm hmm. never annoyed by him. Yeah, fair enough. Um, and Elaine's on the phone at this point. And she finds out that uh, Yuri Testikov, who's not a real writer, I did check him out, I did look, uh, his new book is coming out, or he's going to be writing his new book, and Elaine is going to edit it. And she's so excited about that. Um, She says it's like working with Tolstoy, uh, who obviously is a huge Russian writer from, you know, history and in general. Um, And Jerry gives her a little bit of trivia (laughs) about Tolstoy that... um, that the original name of War and Peace, very classic novel, was actually War, What Is It Good For? <laughs> and that's how the, the band uh, got the name War, What Is It Good For? Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, it makes, of course it makes sense. Let me ask you something. Jer- Jerry is very convincing he at is. this point. He is. Let me ask you something. Have you ever read War and Peace? Fuck no. No, no, no. I read comic books, guys. I don't read exactly. I, I barely read. I barely can read the notes that I fucking put out <laughs> that you for, si- for Cartwright of Seinfeld podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, all right. So George comes in and he's doing this Jack Nicholson impression. You can't handle the truth from a few good men. Uh, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, it is not good. Um, you know, it's just kind of something silly and stupid that they add in. But it it did remind me how big of a movie that was when it came out. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, that was absolutely a few good men. Like that was uh, that that scene in particular. Yeah. was a huge scene in cinema. I saw that shit in theaters. I I will say this. I don't want to go on a huge tangent. Um, I will say this. I do miss the era of the 90s with the rated R thrillers. We do not have rated R yeah, thrillers. Yeah, Basic Instinct. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Even yeah. like Pelican Brief. Just to, all that Hell all yeah, those rated R thrillers that came Woman. out. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good troll. I miss those, dude. I I want to be thrilled. I want to be mysteriousized and I want to see boobs. Yeah. All the same fucking Yeah, cuz you you would get you would get a little bit of action occasionally. You would get boobs usually and it would be an edge of your seat the whole time. I miss fucking thrillers, man. Exactly. We get like the fucking mysteries like Knives Out, which I love Knives Out. I still haven't seen it. I still haven't really seen it. Uh, we we want to so see good. it. Yeah. Not a single boob. Yeah. You know what? Give it a boob. That might be a great film. <laughs> that might be a perfect movie then. <laughs> <laughs> all right all right uh one thing that's kind of interesting with george he has his mail with him uh because he mentions that his mother opens and reads his mail uh which you know is kind of a federal offense but at the same time <laughs> i think is something fully in line with what estelle would do yeah oh yeah no it's totally estelle <laughs> right there Absolutely. Uh, he also kind of has this alumni magazine from Queens College. We'll find out that it's Queens College later, uh, but it's something that obviously I didn't realize that George and Jerry went to both high school and college together. Yeah. Yeah. We find out that they went to high school together, obviously, from different talks and the episode, um, you know, where we get the, the can't stand you, yeah. uh, uh, the Tropic of Cancer, all that kind of shit. Uh, the Bookman episode. Yep. Um, but here we kind of find out that they also went to the same college, well, and so do we, I don't know. Did to we me, that find out what? Oh, I guess do we have? Do we even know what either of them majored in? Um. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Maybe we'll find out later. But 
at this point, I don't. It, it's not in my head. Yeah, me neither. So yeah. Um, all right. So Elaine leaves, and as she's leaving, she runs into Kramer, who is going out golfing, and he's just you know being eccentric. Kramer. He's got some good physical dumb Kramer stuff here. It's, and this, uh, this is where he says, "Who wants to have some fun?" And I like how he, Jerry's like, "I want to have some fun." George's like, "I'm just saying, I want to have some fun." Not yet. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Not yet. Sorry. You're you're jumping ahead. My bad. Goddamn. My bad. Yeah. Fucking pay attention to the goddamn plot. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. But so at this point, he gives her uh, an electronic organizer that he got because he opened up a new bank account. Uh, and so then that's the end of that scene. Then we cut back to George um, and where he is in the apartment. He mentions that he watched some whales on TV on a uh, nature documentary. And he's fascinated uh, by fish. Uh, and Jerry's like. Mammals. mammals. He's like, whatever. whatever. <laughs> I love that. Dude, I need love to. that. Because he obviously, it shows that George is not paying attention yeah. really to the shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Goddamn. Uh, here's where Kramer comes into the apartment and he's like, who wants to have some fun? <laughs> and he is so energetic and it is it is fun. It's good. It's great shit. It is. It really is. I, and I love their, I just, I love their replies. Because he even says, he's like, because they both say yes. And he's like, you know, are you really saying that? And I love George. Like, I'm, I'm just saying that. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, she's like, Jerry's like, yeah, I really mean it. And George's like, no, I'm just saying it. I just, you know. Cause, yeah, because he's a, he's a pathetic human. Yes, yes. <laughs> he's a Larry David mm-hmm. is what he is. Mm-hmm. So, um, all right. So, yeah, he tells the guys he wants to hit balls, uh, golf balls into the ocean. That's his whole plan. And they immediately are like, yeah, fuck that shit. Yeah. <laughs> and so they don't even reply. Jerry just looks at George yeah. like, so you want to go grab something to eat? Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. So they just fucking leave. And that's that. But yeah, you, uh, dude, the, the energy on Kramer in this scene is fantastic. It is. It is. He comes in with good gusto and he is just like, he just wants to have some fun with his buddies hitting some golf balls into the ocean. Armless, awesome Kramer fun. Yep. All right, but uh, Jerry mentions he needs to go stop by the uh, the cash machine first. So we cut to the ATM, and I do really like this scene Me here. Me too. Because <laughs> I find it extremely relatable. Yeah. Because Jerry is having a little bullshit race with the person beside him where he's trying to get done with the ATM before them. And I'm never as overt as he is, but I will say yeah. I absolutely do that shit in my head yes, where I yes. have like this race. All right, we got to the ATM at the same time. I got to finish. Or we got yes. to the whatever at the same time. I want to finish first. Yes. And he he just does it a little bit more over the top and a little bit out loud because it's a TV show. But I relate to it. It's so good. I I adore it. I absolutely adore it. And I love the fact that he wasn't even using it to hit on her. He was just going to leave. Like, he was <laughs> yeah. just trying out material. That's it. He he was being a man child. Yep, yep. Which we haven't mentioned in a while, but is is Jerry. Yeah. 100%. So, so yeah. Yeah, exactly. I was no, going to ask yeah, you, if yeah. you if you recognized her, but I know you're going to talk about her in a second. Uh Okay, all right, fine. Are we going to cut this or not going to cut this? I don't know, because you made it really awkward, because I thought you were going to go, and then you stopped going, and then, goddamn, Corey. All right. The lady at the ATM does recognize Jerry, and uh, she is someone from um, their college. Uh, She kind of brings up Queens College. She actually actually brings up the alumni magazine and mentions that she saw the piece that he was in, and she mentions that George is never in there. All that kind of shit. Um, 
you know, that she kind of throws out that he was such a goof off. And uh, here's where Jerry kind of brings up, oh, no, 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 he's a bigwig. He's actually a marine biologist, mm-hmm. obviously, because he kind of had the whole whale thing in his head from earlier, uh, which at that point actually impresses her. Yeah, and I love what Jerry says about the whales. He's like, well, as George says, it's the largest mammal on Earth. Oh, he says, uh, it's the largest mammal on Earth, but as George says, they don't have to be. It Because he's, try- he's trying to cut down their cholesterol <laughs> yeah. or some bullshit. <laughs> some it's, it's funny. It's stupid. It's funny. Yeah. And uh, did you recognize the actress at all? I knew her from... I, did, I didn't even look her up. Okay. I knew her from Sequest DSV. Do you remember that show? Oh, yeah. John and I actually talked about Sequest DMV on our podcast, Blast From Our Past. Um, But I don't remember her She was the her doctor. She was the doctor. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't a big fan. John liked Sequest yeah. way better than I did, so maybe he would notice. But I just I thought it was noticed. funny that she's in the Marine Biologist episode, and then she's the doctor on Sequest DSV. Okay. That is kind of funny. Hey everybody, Corey here. I just wanted to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages. Hey everybody, welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim, and with me today in studio is co-host Dean. Oh, hey, Dean. hey, Tim. Dean? Huh? Uh, this isn't a full episode. This is actually just an ad. All we have to do is tell everyone that our podcasts come out on Mondays and they can find us on their favorite podcatcher. If they're into movies, comics, or video games, they should definitely check us out. Oh, well then, thanks everybody for listening and we'll catch you next time. Talking back. And now, back to the show. At Monk's in the booth. Wrong Jer- booth. Jerry. Wrong. No, no, that's the right booth. No, it's the ba- and Keisha will yell at you. It's no. It's, fuck you. It was the correct. No, booth. it's the very back booth. It's not the one directly across. It's not the very back booth. It, it is the very back. booth. It's the middle booth. They're in the correct booth. Nope. Wrong booth. Keisha will be My, the decider on this one. No, Keisha. No, no, no. This is the right. All right. <laughs> the, the, all right. We've had this discussion before. God damn it. And I don't know why you're still an idiot. The the, <laughs> the first booth. Yeah. Is the raw is not the correct booth. Yeah, it's the second booth. Right, and this is the is third the correct one. booth. And this is the third no, one. they're in the second booth. <laughs> guys, there's only guys and but gals. There's people, but there's people in the first booth, and so that's that's why it's off because mostly there's never people in that first booth. But this time there's people in the bo- that first booth. They're in the right booth, motherfucker. Let us know in the comments who's right and oh who's wrong. God. <laughs> God, this is their booth, and I don't know how the hell you're. Yeah, it's that goddamn IPA that you're drinking. It's not the massive amount of whiskey I've had. It's the uh, the, the <laughs> tiny bit of uh, IPA that you've been drinking. Well, I, I will say because of the IPA, I will have to pee halfway through this episode. So, <laughs> so exactly. be prepared for that. And that's why I drink whiskey because I only have to have a tiny little bit to get me just as drunk as all that goddamn IPA that you drink. You're, you know what? And I've been actually thinking about getting some whiskey. I don't actually have any whiskey here. I tend to... I. I think I do the wrong thing. I'll buy one bottle, and I love whiskey, so I kind of just keep drinking it until it's done. But I, so I go through it really quick. I think I need to have multiple different kinds of whiskeys, yeah. and, and like you do, and that way you don't like totally destroy one bottle at a time. Unfortunately, yeah, I, I spend all of my my petty cash on uh, Blu-rays. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I see the shit that you and uh, Zach are buying yeah. it's just constantly, <laughs> and you're also always getting like the the special well, editions or whatever the, the special editions yeah, well, the thing is like the the shit that you buy don't always have like regular yeah. editions like they they only come out in like these weird like 
crazy special edition, like extra, you know, artsy fartsy right. ones, or like like, like these the, these boutique um, Blu-ray companies, yeah. like like uh, uh, Ronin or Scorpion releasing, like they release exactly. like these movies that you never fucking hear of, like Three Fifteen, The Moment of Truth. That yeah, we just exactly. No, More, no clue what the fuck that movie episode. was. When I opened that and got it from Zach, I've never even fucking heard of it. But Adam <laughs> Baldwin's in it though, so it's good shit. Yes. Firefly. Firefly, baby. Love Firefly. Jane, man. Jane's one of my favorite characters of all time. Yeah. So, uh, all right. Should we talk back back about Seinfeld yeah, again? Sure. Why not? Okay. All right. <laughs> I guess so. All right. So, in the correct booth, uh, you Jerry, so. tells George, <laughs> Jerry tells George uh, about the encounter they had with a woman. Um, George is like, oh, yeah, this Diane woman is oh yeah, yeah very hot for him. And she's attractive. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and for um, them, I think she she was like the it girl for them when they were in college. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, apparently, Jerry gave uh, George's number to her because he also told her that he was a marine biologist. But I'm not a marine biologist. I love his delivery and like his looking around. He's like, but I'm not. <laughs> yeah, which I find so interesting because he's such a good liar. But um, this wasn't a lie that he placed, so. True. Yeah, that, that is the difference. He is great at lying when it's his lie, but when he has to pit, like jump on someone else's, it's not as good for him. Well, that, it doesn't work. Well, I don't know. I think actually this this episode might actually prove <laughs> the opposite. <laughs> true. Very true. All right. So we cut to George. He's on the phone with her, and he's bullshitting about being a marine biologist, talking about algae and, and random shit and et cetera. Just kind of funny because we know he's not bullshitting. <laughs> not. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, we cut to Elaine with Testikoff and Lippman. Mr. Lippman. Ba- yes. Hashtag my Lippman. That's right. Uh, in the back of a limousine, and Elaine brings up that terrible – bullshit lie that George that Jerry said earlier about war and peace originally being called war what is it good for uh which obviously throws off Testikov and Lippman uh it's complete bs things start to get a little bit heated in the back of the limo because of that and then her organizer starts beeping uh uncontrollably and Testikov in just an anger about the beeping, throws it out of the window, and here I wish Elaine punched him in the face because that was the rudest goddamn thing to do. <laughs> See, I have witnessed my dad throw a pen out the window out of my stepmom's hand because she, he wanted her to read the Bible to him when we were driving to the beach. I had my headphones on, so I wasn't paying attention. Oh, and, are you fucking kidding yeah, me? They're, they're, Your dad wanted to have yeah. So, uh, so my dad, his wife read the Bible to him? My dad is the biggest hypocrite i mean i love the man okay but he's the biggest fucking hypocrite and the reason i can't fucking stand like organized religion and shit because he is this he is a frat boy just at age of 60 plus right he's a big Uh guy he drinks he's he yells he's 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 an asshole but yet he's like oh but god this and god that and jesus and i'm like are you fucking you don't you don't do a fucking thing that they say to do you know what i mean like he's the biggest fucking hypocrite so my stepmom had to read the Bible to him. I had my headphones on the back seat. My poor buddy Luke was sitting next to me, and he's watching the whole thing happen. He didn't have headphones on. Uh, about three-hour drive to the beach to Ocean City. And, uh, you know, my stepmom's kind of reading the Bible, but then trailing off and everything. He's like, oh, read the Bible to me, You know, and then so she does it again, and he fucking just grabs the pen and just throws it out the window. I don't really see it. My buddy Luke's like, what the fuck? 
fuck is happening? Like, what is this? And that's, 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 yeah. So, like, my dad is Testikoff, honestly. The American, wow. the Scottish version. The American Scottish version. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know a guy very similar to that. Um, and I'm not going to say any names. He doesn't listen to the podcast. He never will. Uh, but he is one of the dirtiest motherfuckers I, I, I've ever talked to. But at the same time, he's a heavy God guy. Yeah. But he makes all these fucking like gross jokes and all this kind of stuff, which like I like gross jokes. Yeah. I like, you know, all this kind of stuff. The same as like, I'm not a God person. Yeah. I'm not. And so I feel like I don't give a fuck about those. jokes. But like if you're a real Christian yeah. You shouldn't be doing that kind of shit. And so I find it so terribly hypocritical hypocritical that I'm just like, why the fuck can you make all these jokes about women and all this kind of like other bullshit and then go back and say how much of a Jesus person you are? Yeah. I want to just be like, wow, fuck you. Yep. And like, I now never met the guy. But I hate your dad. I fucking hate him. <laughs> it, well, the irony is, is that like that's not something most people pick up on. Most, actually, most of my friends fucking love my dad because he drinks and he fucking parties, and and everyone, all my friends call him Big Matt because he's he's fun uh, and loud. This is the shit that like that I which, which this, my which my guy which my buddy yeah. who is like that is similar yeah. as well. Yeah, so, and so I, I enjoy drinking with him. I enjoy yeah. like as a friend, but you don't want him to be your fucking friend. dad. You don't want him to be your dad exactly. As I no, I, and he's not my dad, and I'm that's fine, and I'm happy about that. But like as a friend, yeah. he is a, he's fun to talk with, he's fun to like drink with. But like when I break him down, I'm just like, yeah, you're kind of bullshit. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I can see as your dad, as your as your fucking father figure, that would fuck you up, and that makes a lot of sense as to why you're as fucking weird as you are. Well, the best one of the best moments of my life, we were drinking beers, we were sitting in the the pool. This is probably like two years ago. So I was down visiting in, in Florida and we had this, um, like, it was a really cool moment. Cause he just looks at me and goes, you know, you know, none of that magic stuff's real. Right. And I look at him and I go, you know, none of that Jesus stuff is real. Right. And he just kind of, we both like, he didn't like, it was the one time, like, cause I said it with such conviction. He didn't say anything back. And that was the weird thing because my dad is mm. usually the kind of guy that won't like take no for an answer and he'll talk back. And we both, so we both just had this, this moment where we both shat on each other's beliefs, but like, you know, you know what I mean? But it was mutual and it was, it was weird. I felt like I was into my own at that point, you know? That's awesome. Yeah, that was kind of cool. God, that's fucking awesome. That was kind of cool because I and I, and I like it was one of those moments when it was coming out of my mouth. I couldn't believe that I was saying it, and I couldn't believe how like conviction, how much conviction was yeah. behind it. And I was like, you know, Dad, none of this Jesus stuff is real, too, right? Like, and he was he Man. just had nothing to say to that. That that makes me respect you even more, even though I thought <laughs> you were like you're my golden god, Corey. I adore you, <laughs> and yet here you are saying a story. That I'm just like. God, that gets me hot. I fucking God. My I'm, penis might reach from Georgia <laughs> to fucking Oregon right now. I'm your golden boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you are. Yeah. All right, let's bring this back to science. Bring it back, Good baby. Job. Bring it back. <laughs> All right, we got a very quick little scene of Kramer just hitting uh, balls into the ocean. It's a uh, you know just 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 kind of reminds us what he's doing um, at the apartment. Uh, George is upset about having to live this lie about being a marine biologist. Um, and here's the thing I mentioned. He needs to make the lie. Mm -hmm. You know, he brings up, why not an architect? Um, I always wanted to pr pretend to be an architect, uh, which I thought we've heard about earlier, 
But no, I looked back through our notes. We have heard about Vandalay Industries right. earlier, but back then, which was in the episode of The Boyfriend, was back when Vandalay Industries was a latex company. Yep. Not an architecture company. Yep. You're, I mean, first off, the the line of him saying, you know I've always wanted to pretend to be an architect, yes. is fucking genius. Like, that is comedic uh, gold right there. But it sets us up for something that is integral yeah. to George's character from here on out. Yes. Yep. Love it, dude. Fucking love it. Yeah. And that, yeah, exactly. That becomes something that is forever intertwined <laughs> with George. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's great. All right. Well, so, almost as George, great as the uh, phone throw that George does to Jerry. Oh my gosh. Let me yeah. Yeah. That. Yeah. That was awesome. All right. So Kramer comes in. He's pissed about his clubs because he couldn't hit very well. Um, he stinks, is what he says. Um, he's got no concentration. Got s- no concentration. He's got sand everywhere. It's fucking, he's trying to shake it out. You know, it, it's sand, it's coarse, it's rough, <laughs> and it gets everywhere. You, ju- you just watched the prequels. <laughs> I did not too long ago. And so I had to bring up that line yeah. because I feel like it fits so well per- with this moment. Perfect. I almost want to see someone do some kind of edit where where, where Anakin <laughs> is talking over Kramer, like, you know, yeah. shaking the sand off of himself. Exactly. Uh, here, the phone rings. And I exactly, I called out that exact same moment. George just picks up the phone, chucks it in the air, like at this perfect, perfect placement where Jerry grabs it. And to me, this absolutely just screams what kind of friendship George and Jerry have that they've done this kind of shit before. And they just, they know each other so well. Dude, it's, I mean, you hear about it with like athletes, especially like, like, Two positions that are very paired up, like pitcher and catcher, or something like that. Yeah, like, like missionary yeah. and dog style. Exactly. <laughs> you, you, <laughs> two positions. Yeah. You, uh, but they're they're clearly like fucking so in tune with each other, you know. And there's yeah. there's a few phone gags in this show. My favorite is I think it was like season two or three where Jerry kind of hits the one end of the phone. It sort of flips over oh, and he grabs it. That, yeah, that looks so cool. That one was, that's probably my favorite phone gag, but this is a good one. Yeah. I don't really remember this one all that much, but when you see it, yeah. you're just like, you're like yeah. I'm in awe of it. Yeah. In Cause awe. You, Cause you know, you're like, you could have easily fucked that up. And if you did the whole scene, because the scene had stuff happening before that. So if you fucked yeah. that up, you would have had to reset everything. And man, they, they nailed it. They fucking nailed it. They did. All right. Speaking of nailing it, <laughs> somebody got nailed in the head. Uh, Jerry answers the phone. Someone uh, found the electronic organizer because it hit her. It nailed her in the head. That's right. All right. So, all right. We cut to monks and Jerry is meeting this lady who is played by Carol fucking Kane. Carol fucking Kane. Scrooged. Taxi. Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. A million fucking things. She's Carol Kane. We all know Princess her. Bride. Princess Bride. That, to me, that is her her epic moment. Is a, but I, my, probably maybe, Mine's maybe Scrooge. Scrooge. I love Scrooge. Scrooge, she's so good in Scrooge. <laughs> but Princess Bride, she yeah. plays uh, the wife of Billy Crystal. Yeah. Uh, that character. But like, she is an amazing, not even like an okay no. or a great she is an amazing comedic actress. Yeah, she, she's she's a fucking genius. Were you ever a Taxi fan, girl? Or I know you would have had to watch it in syndicate and, and you know reruns. But did you like Taxi? 
I've seen a couple episodes, okay. but it's not one that I've actually given my handful. But the thing is, like, I feel like I should because I'm a Andy Kaufman fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm Danny I, DeVito. I, I, I love Danny DeVito. Um, obviously because of I mean we've talked about Always Sunny, but like because of his work in everything. And I've I mentioned it. I don't know if I mentioned it in this podcast. I I not that I say I met Danny DeVito, but. When I went to, I was living in Los Angeles at the time when um, Avatar came out. Uh, huge movie. Avatar obviously was became the biggest fucking movie of all time at its at its moment. I went and saw it. I believe it was at the um, Universal City Walk. Um, there, uh, IMAX. Okay. I went and saw it on IMAX, and I think it was at the City Walk IMAX. Um, literally, the immediate row behind me was Danny DeVito and Rhea Perlman. Oh, shit. Like, he he was sitting legitimately immediately by... I could have reached back and grabbed his leg and been like, <laughs> you're Danny DeVito. <laughs> I'm nobody. Holy shit. I could have done that. And, and it was Rhea Perlman was right there, too. And it was just like... And this was... I had only moved to Los Angeles in 2008, and I think um, Avatar came out in, like, 2009, 2009, maybe 2010. It was still pretty early in my, like, you know, young uh, career out in L.A., and so I was just like... It was, like, boner city. Yeah, because you're being like, like, holy shit. Yeah. Exactly. And and we all have those moments while we're, like, out in Los Angeles where you run into somebody that, like, you... Yeah, you, you have that. I was stuff. walking down the stairs at the arc light. Um, you know how yeah. you, you, the 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 lower part the, of the Sherman Oaks arc light or a different no arc light? the the Hollywood arc light. Ho- the, the the okay the the, um, the the one with the center cinerama. Yeah, down. yeah, exactly. And yeah. uh, it was like no one was there, so it's kind of like a slower day. And I was walking down the stairs as Matthew Perry was walking up the stairs, and like yeah. no one else was around. And I kind of just smiled at him. He smiled at me. He was like, "Hey," he just kind of smiled. Um, dude, yeah. dude had a big fucking head. Um, but <laughs> my my most interesting movie going experience was not um in L.A. It was actually in New Orleans. I was in New Orleans. I think it was it was I've been there twice. Once was for um, a wedding. The other time was just for fun. But it was like the same people, you know, Um, and I can't remember which one it was. But we saw Enemy at the Gates. Uh, Oh, yeah. yeah. The sniper. Really good war. The sniper movie with uh, Jude Law. Yeah. Yeah. And this theater was fucking empty or like halfway empty, you know, real dead theater, except for Trent Reznor and his two and his two girlfriends just happened to sit. Right in front of two, us, two girls. He had a white, hot white girl and a hot black girl. One on the left side, one on the right side. He literally sat down right in front of us, and I was like, "Fucking Trent Reznor." I was like, "You better not fucking talk." He didn't say a goddamn word the entire movie. Trent Reznor is a fantastic movie-going person. I could imagine he appreciates art. Yeah, I think so. He's yeah. Trent Reznor. Yeah, and so he just wants to soak it in, yeah. and then he'll take it and like. Do whatever afterwards. But but the same thing with Danny DeVito, except it's reversed. I was literally sitting just literally right behind fucking Trent Reznor. That's killer. Yeah, that's pretty fucking right. Absolutely killer. All right, let's get back to Seinfeld. (laughs) Okay, we This is a rant-heavy episode, man. Yeah, very rant-heavy. All right. So uh, Carol Kane's character, uh, she tells him this whole story about, you know, her getting hit in the head. And Jerry... You know, she he's he's just as upset as she is, mm. and he he absolutely t- you know ties in with her, and the damn thing is still beeping, all this kind of shit, and then eventually Jerry does realize, oh shit, it must have been Elaine. Yeah. 
Yep. So. Who do I know that uh, was in a limo earlier to Oh. Uh, exactly. <laughs> and I love when you can see it click. <laughs> yeah. And just when you see it click, you cut to Elaine outside Kramer's door, who he's still having issues with the sand all over. Uh, Jerry comes back and he uh, and Elaine confronts him about the whole war. What is a good for thing? And I, I find that funny because he's like, you didn't really think that was real. <laughs> and she was like, yeah, I fucking said it in front of uh, Testikov, all that kind of shit. So I love that dynamic because. He puts it on as such a real thing yeah. that, like, even the audience kind of thinks it might be a legit thing because I thought it might yeah. be a legit thing. <laughs> and then here it's just like, no, he was just fucking with her like a real friend does to another friend. Because he didn't think she, in a million years she would say it to Testikoff. <laughs> exactly. So uh, they then start chatting about, you know, the different events throughout the night and he brings up oh okay yeah i think uh i can guess what's gonna happen uh that the organizer got thrown out of the window and she gives him a nice shove which i always appreciate the elaine shove. always always i would love an elaine shove I, in my life i know i mean i i, I love elaine so <laughs> yeah oh god yes if i ever meet julia louise Dreyfus, like i i know there's like things like cameo nowadays where you can have people talk to you I'd probably pay some money for Julia Louise Drivis to shove me. Yeah. Just to fucking <laughs> shove me. And that's it. Man, she looks f- so hot in Veep. So incredibly she, hot. She is one of those women who have legitimately only gotten more attractive with yep. age. Yep. Because I don't think she has any work done. I think that's the key. Don't get work done. We were talking about fucking yeah. Michael Bean in the latest episode of Mandalorian uh, <laughs> <laughs> offline, and it looked like he had work done on his face. Just stop. Everyone just stop. Stop getting work done. Just age gracefully. Just be old. Just be old. But I don't know if everybody can be as hot as Julie. Yeah, Travis, I think you're but right. I don't think so. <laughs> she is the uh, the gold standard. Yeah. All right. Uh, so then we cut to George, who's with Diane on the beach again, just kind of, or, you know, bullshitting about the whole marine biologist stuff. Uh, then back to Elaine, uh, she goes to see Testikov with Jerry, who, um, I do love here. We get a Superman reference. You got to bring that (laughs) up. Yeah. When he calls, uh, Elaine, no, uh, no Lois Layton, right? Yeah, exactly. Is she? I mean, they they mentioned Superman a little just like right before that, and then he says, "Well, you're no Lois Lane," yep. and it's just kind of nice. which is fun because so. in the running episode, he's gonna date his Lois Lane. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, so they're gonna tape record this chat with Testikov to try and like give him a gotcha moment uh, about you know him throwing the organizer out the window of the limo, uh, and so. Um. You know, also Carol Kane. I don't even know what her fucking. Yeah, I don't think she's. I, I don't care. I just, I just call her. Carol yeah, she's Kane. Just Carol Kane. She, she, she's at the lobby. She joins them as well because they're all just trying to like get this thing figured out, uh, and they want to catch him saying, you know, what happened, and just kind of admitting to the issue so they can just kind of be like hey you have to pay for this bullshit. i was gonna say it is the because you don't ultimately find out what the game plan is aside from them catching him i guess it would be then she would present it to that lady to carol kane and be like look i wasn't the one that did it you go sue him basically that that's my thought yeah. exactly yeah. because she wants to sue elaine the owner yeah. the owner of the um 
organizer and she's like no no no, it wasn't my fault i'm gonna find evidence that it wasn't my fault and then there you go exactly you can sue this person yeah yeah absolutely all right so uh they go up to testikov testikov is he's an angry motherfucker (laughs) like i'm not a fan of him yeah i mean he's yeah you know i don't want to be friends with him but i I like what he does you know on the show he's 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 fine he's funny for the scene he's funny for what he is he's he's a He's a just yeah a, a abrasive Russian stereotype is what they're trying to go for. Yeah, absolutely. We cut back to the lobby. The organizer is still beeping, going off, um, and we see that Carol Kane's character is very sassy with the, the uh, doorman. The doorman, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and she's smoking. And so, uh, good old nineteen ninety three when you could smoke inside. Exactly. He doesn't kick her out for smoking. No. He, kicks her, he kicks her out for uh, the organizer beeping, yeah. kind of thing. Funny. Yeah. So. And then uh, we cut back, cut back to George and Diane. We see they see a crowd. Something's going on. There's a beached whale, <laughs> and we hear Larry David's voice. This is legit, obviously. Larry David's voice. Is there a marine biologist? <laughs> and Diane looks to George. God, I mean, it's it's contrived, but it's fantastic. It is like. I, they did a great job, in my opinion, of setting up this whole storyline of the bullshit marine biologist. We pepper in some some little scenes of George just walking with her on the beach. And then here we get to this point of, oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. Now he has to prove it. Yep. Oh, God. So that was good. All right. So, but before he proves it, we cut back to uh, Testikov, just angry, fucking mean, um, Elaine tries to get him to admit that he threw the uh, organizer out of the car because she's got the recorder. Um, then he starts hearing a noise, which is the recorder. Uh, and then he kind of goes through a purse. He finds it. He gets very angry. Again, I want to say fuck Yuri Testikov because <laughs> he just starts going through a woman's purse. Are you fucking kidding me? Fuck this guy who can't like have any common decency or any restraint because he doesn't like a noise go walk into another fucking room if you don't like the noise do not grab a person's organizer throw it out the window do not go through a woman's purse because you don't like a noise coming through there fucking ask them to stop it and walk out of the fucking room fuck that guy i want to punch him in the face (laughs) awesome I, I I didn't hate him. I, I just viewed it as like a plot device. But I mean, I totally get what well, you're saying. It is a plot I mean, device. Yeah, I know. But in 2020, yeah. I want to punch him in the face. <laughs> now, granted, punching someone in the face is not very 2020, but I don't care. I'm confrontational. I'm willing to punch people in the face. Have I punched someone in the face before? Yeah, I've done it. Guess what? I'd do it again. <laughs> I have not. I'm not a fighter, buddy. I've never been in a fight before. I've been in bar fights. Oh shit! I'm not gonna lie. Oh <laughs> I shit! God damn! I'm I'm a conf- uh, I'm a. All right. Obviously, I'm drinking some whiskey. Yes. <laughs> yes. <I've- laughs> and so it's real time, okay, guys. Time to it's get real time. But I've been in confrontational moments with other drunken dumbasses. I have, in just in general, I have. I don't back down. Sorry. Just in general, I don't back down. And so when someone comes to me with an with an aggression, I don't my first instinct isn't turn around, hey, let's calm down and like, you know, 
make the situation, you know, lessened and that's fine. My initial response is I will meet your, your energy with an equal or bigger energy. And so I've had moments where that's happened and I have punched people in the face before. My, oh my, (laughs) I I am much more, and I'm not saying I'm smooth or, or as good looking, but I am much more of the Zen. (laughs) Hell yeah. You're definitely not as good looking, buddy. (laughs) I am of the Zen of uh, Vince Vaughn in swingers where I'll try to, I'll be your friend Uh, after, you know what I mean? Instead of, uh, I'll invite you over to play video games instead of fighting with you. You know, that's just, I, I'm a lover, not a fighter, man. Always have been. Yeah. And I, I've played contact sports most of yeah. my life, and maybe that's part of it. And I, and I have that adrenaline rush, and I, and I feel because I've probably done those sports that I feel like I'm more willing and more acceptable. Like I feel like I can take a punch, well, and so I you feel probably like can. I would, I would actually probably yeah. say you over me probably could now that being said yeah. if you I, I am the type of friend if you did get into a fight at a bar i would have your back i would oh, i would yeah, get fucked up but i would still have your back because i believe in that i just kind of hung around, like my friends I, I didn't play a lot of the contact sports stuff so like all my friends were nerdy we were all fucking like mm. comic book nerds and like dr- artists like we draw i'm a, i'm an artist <laughs> i draw you know what i mean that's what i did nerd <laughs> i know i know <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Actually, I drew when I was younger, but I also went to the gym and lifted a lot. And then I played rugby at UGA. I played hockey almost all I my life. I was a big gym rat as well. Like, I actually was in really yeah. good shape when I was younger. But the thing is, I didn't play any like contact sports. So like, I've also never been hit either. So like, I also have sort of that, remember that movie wanted, uh, but the comic, comic where you bend the bullets. Well, the comic book was, was infinitely the movie sucked. Yeah. The movie movie sucked. sucked The, The comic book fucking rocked. That's what I've heard. I've never read the comic. I watched the movie. Awful. So, yes. So, but there's this cool ass scene in the comic book where, like, and I think it was in the movie where, like, you've never been punched before. Like, it, they basically mm-hmm. strap him to a fucking chair and just beat the shit out of him. Because I do believe that, like, once you, you know, get the shit beat out, then you're not gun shy anymore. You're not, yeah. you're not afraid to take that fucking hit anymore. And I like that also in Kick Ass, too, where Big Daddy, you know, yeah. shoots Hit Girl and he's like, now you won't be afraid of, t- of taking the hit. It's, it's just that fear. Yeah. It's the fear of the unknown, you know? And honestly, but I'm too pretty now, and I'm and I'm too old to fight. But when I was younger, you're not too pretty. Fuck you, you're not too pretty. You said I'm too pretty. You're not too pretty. <laughs> but I am too old. But yeah, yeah, you are too old. You know what? That's probably part of it. I, I've not to say. I mean, I, I've been in. I've taken some punches, but at the same time, like before that, even though I have been hit in the face with rugby, I have been. Yeah. I have. I've had face to face collisions. Like I've had stuff where. I feel has been just as hard as getting punched. Yeah. And so I don't fear it as much as probably other people. And so I'm more willing to get into confrontational moments that other people are not. Yeah, no, I completely think that that's a thing. Like you, you've taken it a hit. Sense. You know, it's there's there's no fear to it. You know what it feels like. So so me, yeah. I'm 99% just afraid of what that feels like because I don't know. You don't have mm. to worry about that. And I know how tough rugby is because I just watched the Friends episode the other night where Ross plays rugby to impress that's Emily. A pussy, that's a pussy <laughs> rugby. I've seen that episode. That's bullshit. They don't. That's not rugby, man. That's like fucking touch football. Of course, yeah, well, it is Friends, so. Yeah. 
Hey everybody, Corey here. I just wanted to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages. Hey everybody, I'm Corey. And I'm Zach. And we're the hosts of Podcasting After Dark, a cast dedicated to late night horror and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s, often found on HBO and Cinemax. You know, the movies your parents didn't want you watching as a kid. You can find us every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. This is what you want. This is what you get. Hello everybody, I'm Adam. I'm John. And every week we are giving you a blast from our past. We are the podcast that brings you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, album reviews, top tens, and more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. So please join us every single week on the Blast From Our Past podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, however you listen to podcasts, you can find us, and we would love to have you take a trip with us to the land of nostalgia. And now, back to the show. All right, so then we cut to Kramer, who is outside his window. It's kind of opened out. He's dumping out sand outside of his shoe, and he ends up dropping his shoe, and it Newman is there, just (laughs) randomly walking, and the shoe drops on Newman. This is 100% an unnecessary scene. (laughs) It is, because it doesn't go anywhere. There's no point to this. But at the same time, I kind of love it. It's enjoyable mainly because I always appreciate Wayne Knight. Yeah. I always appreciate Newman. Um, and his facial expressions <laughs> as he's looking up, seeing the shoe coming down is fantastic. Yeah. But at the same time, you cut this scene and it takes away nothing, nothing. from the episode. It's, it's completely superfluous. It's There's no point yeah. to it whatsoever. Absolutely. All right. So. Uh, we cut back to George at the beach. The crowd is pressuring him to save the whale. Uh, and so he's like, all right, fuck it. He starts walking out to the beach. And part of me is like, isn't this a beached whale? Why wouldn't I see this whale? But apparently it's, you know, just beached out still yeah. a little bit somewhere into the water. Yeah. Uh, then we cut to him at Monk's <sighs> talking to Jerry and Kramer. Elaine eventually comes in. And then here we get. Without question, the greatest monologue and the not going to I'm not going to say the greatest piece of dialogue, but the hands down the greatest monologue in the history of this show where he talks about the sea was angry that day, my friends. I mean, dare I say the greatest monologue in TV history this story okay t- yeah tv yeah maybe not not absolutely not no film, no not film because TV. because we all know that the monologue that robert shaw delivers in jaws yes. about the u.s i immediately think of the jaws i think of the same yeah. thing i'm like the jaws and, and maybe it's because of the whole marine no, thing it's because it's but, awesome but robert shaw's monologue in there is absolutely stunning yes and and i think because of watching jaws at a young age I fucking love good monologues. I love monologues in movies or TV shows. And, I mean, you guys know it. We don't have to fucking tell you what he says. This monologue is fucking 
amazing. His delivery is perfect. The every word, every enunciation, everything is is fucking perfect. This dialogue is amazing. And what I want to add to this this conversation is this monologue clinches. Jason Alexander is the best actor in this entire fucking show. You know what? I will agree with that, dude. As like just not characters, not nothing, but actors. Like what they can accomplish. You're right. I think he is the hands down the best actor on the show. And you're right. This monologue. Michael Michael Richards. The only thing that I could see someone like yelling back. Michael Richards is great physical for a certain niche. And and, and his physical comedy is amazing. And and we talked about that in the episode where, um, you know, here's to feeling good all the time. The fact that he fucking puts a legit lit lit cigarette in his mouth. You know, like, I mean, (laughs) the, the guy will fucking do whatever. But this right here. But yeah, the way George, I'm sorry, the way Jason Alexander delivers everything is amazing. It's unbelievable. It's one of my favorite moments in all of Seinfeld history and probably all of TV history as well. I I think that's incredibly valid. It shows, I mean, that's why, well, other than Julie Louis-Dreyfus, who had a very strong later career with Veep, um, Jason Alexander has had the, without question, the biggest varied career than anyone else because he can do that shit. He can do Broadway. (laughs) He can do fucking uh, children's comedy. He He can can do do Duckman. Fucking drama. Fucking Duckman. Oh, my God. I love (laughs) Duckman. Bro, 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 that might be another good one to do. I fucking love Duckman as well. You want to come on for (laughs) Duckman? I wouldn't. You know what? I'd have no problems with it. <laughs> I I am a big fan yeah, of Duckman. That is a show that I absolutely absolutely want to go back and watch episode by episode because it's something that I feel I appreciated when I was younger, but I feel like I, if I watch it now, I would get these whole nother level. Yeah. Like fucking Kramer levels. Yes. <laughs> I would find all these levels in Duckman that I didn't get when I was Yeah, cuz when you're a kid, you just love that the grandma was comatose and flatulent. <laughs> you know, and that was great. <laughs> but and I love in the intro when that fucking bird shits on his head and everything. It's fantastic, yes. dude. I love, I I watched Duckman when it came out, bro. I I loved yeah. Duckman and I love The Critic. I love both of those. Oh my and, god, and, I love The And Critic. I know you did. I know you love The Critic. I personally Personally, I am there's some people like I like, you know, some people like they do their thing, like, say, Topher Grace. Right. It's like it's Topher. He's he's, he's always Topher Grace. But I like it. Uh, uh, John Lovitz. He's always John Lovitz. But I love John Lovitz. And by the way, I can't wait to get to the episode with John Lovitz in here on, yeah. on Seinfeld. Have I I've I've seen both Topher Grace and John Lovitz in, in person. Yeah. Uh, different stories. I'm going to talk about them quickly. Uh, just because I'm a douche. Uh, Tover Grace, I saw him in line when I was going to watch the movie The Room. Mm. Uh, I, I might think have you mentioned, mentioned this, this one, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. When he he asked me, like, Tover Grace legitimately came to, like, looked at me. I was wearing a fucking tuxedo and carrying a football. And he said, hey, hey why are you wah, wearing that? Wah. And I thought, <laughs> I thought I was so cool. Because I was in the know because I've seen The Room, like, multiple <laughs> times he hasn't. And I said... 
You just got to watch the movie. You, and then I turned around and I was like, oh, what a douche I was. You would have been even better if you said, you just got to watch the movie, Topher, and turned around. <laughs> you should have said it. And then I saw John Lovitz in the Denver airport. Oh, yeah, and this was sad. I might have mentioned. Yeah, this was sad. This was really sad. I can't remember if I mentioned this on BFOP or if I mentioned this here. I've heard it. Legitimately. I was eating like uh, it's like a Mexican place, uh, just like on the in like a random like you know uh, terminal in fucking the Denver airport, and John Lovitz came up to like other people, and he's just kind of walking around, and he looked old, and he looked like almost confused, oh, no. but he was like like walking up to other people's like tables and like. Trying to almost, and I've mentioned this before, almost trying to do like a Bill yeah, Murray yeah, thing like, where he's just like, like no one's, hey, like stealing I'm the, John Lovett. Stealing the fry and say, no one's going to believe you, you know? Exactly. Yeah. And he was doing that shit there. <laughs> and I saw him from a distance. I was just like, what the fuck is John Lovett's doing over there? And, and at the same time, <laughs> don't come over here, John Lovett's. Please, God, don't yeah, come over yeah. here. It's kind of it's weird. So anyway. <sighs> That's my uh, Topher Grace and John Lovett story. I just had to mention it because you brought them both up. Um, and I love them both. I really fucking do. Oh, absolutely. All right. So, and you know what? I would love, there's so much talk about um, uh, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield being in the next um, Spider-Man mm. because they're going to bring up like a multiverse. Oh, okay. And honestly, I I hated Spider-Man 3. Yeah. Fucking yeah. hated. But- would it be cool if they bring back Topher Grace's, like, you know, Venom and then, like, kind of, like, you know, warp that shit into Tom Hardy or something like that and just be, like, tie in that multiverse yeah. even further? Yeah, I would be okay with yeah, that. Yeah, I, I hated Spider-Man 3 as well, but that being said, I actually really liked Topher Grace as Eddie Brock, and I liked Venom. No, I, no, 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 no. He was a terrible Eddie Brock. You're a fucking idiot. Probably, probably, but... He wasn't in it enough, like, as Venom. You know what I mean? Like, it just, it didn't, yeah. it sucked. Man, that movie fucking sucked. He was a terrible Eddie Brock. He was a worse Venom. <laughs> <laughs> I liked him in Predators, though. I thought he was enjoyable in Predators. Predators was a surprisingly enjoyable film. I thought I was going to hate it. Um, Adrian Brody being <laughs> kind of, like, the main hero. And Adrian Brody, compared to, like, an Arnold yeah. as the main hero, you're just like, um, you crooked nose, skinny motherfucker. <laughs> no way. But, but it was an enjoyable yeah, film. He, I honestly liked Adrian Brody as an action hero. It's weird. Yeah. It's like the only movie you see him in as an action hero. But I was like, huh, he actually kind of worked. But yeah, I'm with you. I like Predators. I thought it was a fun movie. Yeah. Back to Seinfeld after that, like five minute diatribe. <laughs> um, George, he's actually going to like just be the uh um marine biologist and so he um you know he walks out he he pulls out he ta he's talking about yeah. it. he's doing all yeah. this in monologue he pulls out the obstruction from the blowhole and he pulls out this golf ball which we can assume from the dialogue that we had earlier from Kramer cuz he said he only hit one ball <laughs> really good out into the ocean we can assume that was the ball that he hit out there, and it's just it ties it's, in. They really do a great job of tying everything. Yeah, in and they will, with this. Yeah, episode. and they, they do because I love how Kramer's like, "Is that a Titleist?" <laughs> <laughs> and then he gives an extra great line of a hole, a hole in one, hole huh? In one. 
But then, then in lieu of a, a, a closing stand-up, they actually tie even more things up together. Yeah, it's kind of strange. I so they had that line a hole in one, huh? And then they showed like a, a couple of the um, credits, yeah. and so I was like, okay, all right, we're gonna cut to a stand-up or whatever. That's fine. And then no. We cut back to Monks, yep. and so we're back to Monks, and George is continuing the story. Um, he says he told Diane the truth, <laughs> no. that he was not a biologist. And in my head right here, I'm like, that is not George. <laughs> that is – he just – George just fucking like, – he just solidified that he was a marine biologist by doing that. And so why wouldn't he use that to – Emphasize. Yeah, and he because he, he talks about he like he she, he looks at her. She's the most beautiful woman in the world, and he's like he's like I just I had to be honest with her. I had to tell her the truth, and he tells her the truth because she told me to go to the hell, and I took the bus home. I love how it just yeah. it just ends. It's just nope. It's a funny line. <laughs> I felt it was pre- is very not George because he had just done this yeah. glorious thing, yeah. and in maybe. Maybe it's younger George and in later George, who is like in my head, it's like the later, like like the Yankee George kind of thing. Um, I, he would just go with it. Whatever the fuck the lie was, he would go with it. But right here, he doesn't go with it. And I find that kind of strange. But, but bro, uh, because- he, he, he literally was on top of a whale. You and I can't even imagine what that's like. He reached into its blowhole. I think he's feeling like an insane well of emotions right now. But if he continued the lie, he could have been on top of Diane. (laughs) You're right. And so why the fuck would he stop that lie when he could have done that? Yep, you're right. You're 100% right, bro. Can't argue with that one. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't have fucking stopped the lie. She was attractive. Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Jesus Christ. So, all right. Anyway, we find out about all that shit. Um, we also find out that uh, Golden Boy <laughs> didn't, didn't make, make it. it. Oh, Golden Boy. <laughs> but Jerry's wearing his son. Baby Blue, baby. <laughs> baby Blue. I appreciate that kind of like, you yeah. know, the, 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 the circle of life, the whole you bring it up. And then it's also back at the end. You find out about Golden mm-hmm. Boy. It's Very cute. so good. Um. And then they also bring back George, who has been on the beach. He's got sand everywhere. Yep. And so that ties back to Kramer, who had that shit. And that's fantastic. Yeah. This episode does a great job of tying everything back together. And so I'm going to just like just flow into my final thoughts. Um, I love how this episode had their jokes come back. You know, there was not really any one one off with this episode. You had the sand, you had Golden Boy, you had War What Is It Good For, you had the things hitting Carol Kane because later uh, Testikoff throws the fucking recorder off and then both of them hit Carol Kane. Like, legitimately, there's really nothing that lacked closure. Nope. And I enjoyed that. Um, other, Other than, like... The thing hitting Carol Kane, and she was she gonna sue again? I don't yeah. know. Maybe that like the closure, but like as a joke yeah. wise, everything felt fulfilled. I had a problem with Newman. Oh, okay. Not with Newman sure. himself. I had a problem with the use of Newman because I got him for five seconds, and I needed more. Yeah, it's just like why the fuck was Newman? Like, just don't even use him if we were in here. 
Um, his cameo was cute, but it was unnecessary. It was unneeded, but you know, I, I'm not really sure why it was included, but in general, God damn, this episode is fantastic. I haven't even brought up that monologue. <laughs> that fucking monologue is one of the best bits of dialogue in the entire show. Now, granted, I will state, I still believe the bookman back and forth with Jerry is probably the greatest bit of dialogue of all of Seinfeld. And I don't think I'm waiting for something to be better than that. And this is this is second yeah. place. Yeah. The monologue from George is second place. But to me, Bookman and Jerry is still number yeah, one. Yeah, dude. Bookman was, oh my God. Like, that's insane. Bookman's fantastic. I, yeah. I, I completely agree with you. Bookman is probably the best, like, condensed piece of dialogue in all of Seinfeld at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, this episode felt really solid to me. I will say, I maybe the lack of stand-up at the end to kind of give the closure was a little bit weird. But there were some other things that just in general, I didn't feel this, feel this was as good as the last episode. I still liked it immensely, so I gave it four out of five beached whales. <laughs> nice. Uh, dude, <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. This is one of my favorite episodes of Seinfeld mm. of all time. It always has been, okay. and it always will be. And watching it for Cartwright solidifies it for me. I love it. It's it's the Junior Mint episode of this season. And honestly, uh. dude, I give it fucking five Titleists out of five. I. I I wow. I love the I love the monologue. I I can't express to you how much I love that monologue. And I See, agree with you. I agree with you that the yeah. Bookman thing I, is funnier. But yeah, and I love the monologue, but I feel like the other stuff was good, but it just it, the monologue itself can't bring it up to like even a 4.5 to yeah. me because the other the other stuff of the episode was fine, but just lacking a little bit but that monologue that monologue absolutely deserves like all the praise but but at the same time i think that monologue is is indicative of the dialogue writing of this episode this episode mm. had some fantastic dialogue this and the previous episode both had yeah awesome fucking dialogue and i just i love the way that this episode flows um it's it's weird because i don't always consider it to be like a quote unquote perfect episode but i yeah. think the fact that like if all right say say just in my head if the if this whole entire episode was exactly the same, but that monologue didn't exist, it would be a four point five because there was like mm-hmm. you know like the Newman thing didn't really pan out. Uh, what happened to to to, yeah. to Testikoff? Yeah, like, Newman, Newman went nowhere. That did piss right. me off. So why even fucking but, include but see, him it didn't, when that was it nothing? didn't it didn't make me angry. I was like I was like okay, we could have had no Newman, but at least we have some Newman. That's the way yeah, I looked I, at. But it. I get angrier than I, you. I, you. That's do. just that's just what happens. <laughs> you do. But. What would have been a 4.5 probably gets elevated to a 5.0 because of that monologue. And honestly, because of the lack of stand-up at the end, I love how everything, everything, every piece was tied up into a nifty little bow. And I like the fact that they said, you know what? 
like it's 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 like three threads were tied up in that last denouement, and mm-hmm. I feel like they were like, you know what? Let's just jettison the fucking stand up and let's tie shit up. And I think that was the right move to make here. And uh, yeah. but yeah, five, man, I I give this episode five. This is my junior mint so far. This is my junior mints of this season. And Junior Mint was a fantastic yeah. episode. I find it interesting. I enjoyed the last episode better than this yeah. one. And then we we were like literally yeah. we both you, gave great scores. You enjoyed and it's, it's I think feel like it's kind of rare that you like an episode higher than me. You usually air a little yeah. bit lower. So it, I yeah. found it weird that you, or not weird, but interesting that you liked the last episode a little bit more than me and then I really sh- overshot you on this one. But yeah. but like honestly dude like it's for this one. It's it's nostalgia, man. Like I, I still like yeah. I can still remember seeing this episode for the first time and being riveted by that monologue. <laughs> you know what I mean? And 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 I yeah. love monologues. We we mentioned the 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 Robert Shaw one from from Jaws. I'm a big fucking monologue fan. I love that shit. Jaws, the the USS Indianapolis monologue is still the oh, best monologue. God. Of all time. We can all agree on that. It's, it's the best one ever. Stunning. Stunning. It is something that I um I will go back and watch Jaws maybe once every yeah. year or once every two yeah. years. But when Robert Shaw talks about his involvement and he's like talking about that with Rich just is just Richard mm-hmm. Dreyfus and um um God, why can't I remember his name? Oh um, Roy Schneider. Brody. Yeah, Roy Scheider. Brody slash Roy Scheider. And he talks about the intensity mm-hmm. of just being out in the middle of the ocean with all these other guys and they're getting picked off by these sharks. It is so emotional. It is so... Riveting. Gut, gut-wrenching. Yeah. It is riveting. It is, it is stunning. Yeah. It is absolutely... It makes you be like, wow... Where the fuck has this actor been on other <laughs> films? Because, but the thing is, you know what? Whatever. He hasn't done other stuff that I really like grasp onto, but his moment yeah. here at this time, at this fucking second, at this film is exactly what it needed to be. And it just makes you goddamn like it makes you weep because, in my opinion, I, I adore seeing characters but what i really really love is seeing actors playing characters doing this thing at the right time and so like i get particularly emotional when i'm seeing like a moment that will never be replicated Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that is one of those times that will never be replicated. And you just like, you see it. And I, I just get like this, this swell of emotion. Where every I'm just time, like, every time, Holy it, Christ. It's never different. It's never yeah. different. Every time I watch that scene in jaws and I'm with you, dude, yeah. it's funny. I don't think I've ever seen anything else with Robert Shaw in it. Um, I've never seen the original taking of Pelham one, two, three or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that scene, funnily just like the 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 whale scene here like when 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 the actor is telling it i i'm not doing anything else i'm sitting like on the edge of my seat and i am so focused on the tv 
You know, I'm, I'm so focused on the scene that's happening. That does not happen often. It's lightning in a bottle. Yeah. And I I say Robert Shaw's telling of the USS Indianapolis is lightning in a bottle in Jaws. And this scene here telling telling the, the, the whale story here is lightning in a bottle. And I will say, moving forward, yeah. we are going to see more um, monologue style things because mm-hmm. we're not the only ones. Everyone fucking yeah. loved this. Like when it came out, it was a big fucking deal. Everyone loved this yeah. this episode. This was a this was now, huge. So moving forward, and I know we're gonna see it because I know Kramer delivers one. I don't know if it's this season or next season, but we're gonna see more monologues. They realize that this worked, and they're gonna do it again. But it's never yeah. going to work as no. well as this. No, I I do think, um. Now, they actually break up his monologue. Yeah. They break up uh, George's monologue with Elaine coming into the yeah. scene. He starts talking. Elaine comes, sits down, and then he continues. Honestly, I think it would have been even more impactful if they let just Jason Alexander just fucking act the fuck out of that shit. And Elaine was already there. And he just said the entirety of that, all that shit in one. That would, I think, honestly, that would have been even better. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. That would have been amazing. I think letting him do it all in like sort of one go and having the yeah. audience just just absorb it would have been fan fucking tastic. Um, but what we're left with is. An amazing episode, whether it's a four or five, you know, whether wherever it lands for you, I think it's this. I think a lot of people can agree that this episode is one of the best of Seinfeld. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, we both gave really high yes, scores. Yes. So. Yeah. And one of the best shows of the BFOP network is The Blast from Our Past. Adam. Damn straight it Adam, is. Adam, can you tell me <laughs> where? What's that all about, buddy boy? What's what's Blast from Past all about? Oh, it's all about nostalgia, my man. What a what a perfect segue. From Seinfeld perfection to podcasting perfection. <laughs> Blast from our past is everything you want in a podcast about nostalgia. Me and my brother, who share very specific nostalgic moments talk about different movies and TV shows and how it relates to us and all this kind of shit and, and album reviews and top tens about how that stuff relates to us and our nostalgia. But the thing is like, it's not just our nostalgia. The thing is like you out there listening, your nostalgia is like probably is fairly similar or might be different. And so that's why it's fun to listen to us talk about our shit because we might completely, um, be a totally different take from your stuff and i want to hear that shit it's fantastic uh, one of so, one of my favorite things on the blasphemer past uh, is i love just hearing what it means to you guys i mean i'm sure the same is for podcast after dark but i think that's the the hook you know the hook is what does this yeah. piece of media or entertainment mean to you and you know if there's some crossover of like it means the same thing to me that's like that's gold like when you have that venn diagram crossover shit that's when you fucking like oh shit and the funny thing is is like <laughs> between you and your brother john uh you guys have kind of different tastes you also guys are kind of different so like sometimes i'll i'll be into what you're saying sometimes i'll be into what john's saying and it's kind of it'll go like a little bit back and forth you know 
Yeah, exactly. Like me and my brother are five years apart from being born. And every week I find some interesting things where like he will latch on to certain stuff on nostalgia and I'll be like, no, no, no. I latch on to this other thing. And so like five years makes a huge it difference does. on being born. It does. Yeah. Five, five, five and, years and, is a big, it's a, it's a huge amount of time in pop culture. Yes, absolutely. Um, and, and it's just, it's enjoyable because me and my brother have totally different things and we're, we're different people, but we're also similar yeah, people. Yeah. And so it's a lot of yeah. fun. It's, it's, it's really fun doing that. Uh, we also do a trivia podcast called Throwback Trivia Takedown where we talk about everything nostalgic pop culture from the 70s, 80s, and 90s, but all in a uh, trivia setting. But one of the best podcasts I think I've ever listened to in the history of ever <laughs> is something that you do with our friend, Zach. Zach the Snack. Zach, oh my God, the best looking man in all of the BFOP network. But the thing is, like, even shows and movies that I've never seen, and granted, you guys do a lot of fucking movies, and you're starting to dive into TV that I've never seen as yeah. well. Um, I, I, It's a lot of shit I've never seen, but I still listen to your episodes because you guys talk fun shit <laughs> thanks buddy yeah. yeah you can listen to me and our pal zach the snack but uh yeah we talk about cult movies uh cult tv shows we have a spinoff show over at podcasting after dark called tv obscura and we talk about weird our first episode was uh the hat squad and photon so that kind of if either of those rings a bell for you then you should definitely be listening to podcasting after dark if they don't ring a bell for you well then listen to podcasts after dark and learn about them because they're good shit <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh yes. and then we also interview people um right now on the free feeds you can listen to our interview with mark ralston who uh played uh drake and aliens the heavy machine gunner Holy with shit. vasquez oh my god bro that was a dream come true man fucking talking about yeah. fucking drake that guy has had i mean drake yes we all know and love drake from the alien franchise aliens Specifically, because that's where he is, yeah. and then he dies. But Mark Ralston and his entire career as an actor, that guy has done some absolutely stunning, like, memorable works of art as an actor. And can I tie it back into Spider-Man? He plays yeah. Norman Osborn in the the Spider-Man video, the new Spider-Man video game, and then the uh, Miles Morales like spin-off one. He plays um, Norman Osborn. They actually scan him in and everything, so it looks like him, but not his hair. His hair's like weird and curly. So when it, what, yeah, they, they got to yeah, they got to make yeah. it uh, Osborn esque. My my problem is. I'm a cheapskate, and I've been a fucking Xbox person. I, I don't have a oh, fucking PlayStation. I, I, I have a PlayStation. I don't have Spider-Man. I just don't have time to – I don't play games anymore. I I play Friday the 13th every Saturday with my uh, friends from the East Coast, and then the rest of the time I am just playing Star Wars Squadrons. I play kind of like online. Do you know what I – do you know what I thought you were going to say? You're just like, I don't have time for video games anymore. I just watch yeah. porn. Yeah. 
I do. I do watch porn. It, it, I could have sworn you were going to say, all I do is watch porn. I don't have time for fucking video and games. And it eats into it as well. But uh, I, I did... Uh, the cool thing, talking to Mark Ralston, uh, I mean, it was fucking amazing. I told him I told him if I ever have a dog or whenever I do get a dog, I want to name the dog Drake just so I can say, Drake, we are leaving. And he laughed. He laughed at that. He enjoyed that. And uh, in the interview with him, when uh, I said, hey, man, it looks like they, they scanned in like your face for Norman Osborn and everything. But I was like, but that was not your hair. And he was like, no, it was not. <laughs> <laughs> so he's he's cool guys check it out if, if you listen to one thing just listen to our interview with mark ralston it's on the free feeds it's awesome well but tie not not even just mark ralston y'all have fucking jeanette goldstein we have, yes too. we have we have jeanette goldstein as well uh she's the other heavy machine gunner and i will say um both of them have two different viewpoints on what age is too young to see aliens uh jeanette jeanette has one viewpoint she thinks my dad might have uh, been a bad parent mark <laughs> you were nine years old motherfucker. mark ralston he was like you know what as long as your dad was there to kind of you know keep you cool then maybe it was okay and i was like you know what maybe you're right mark maybe you're right but one of the cool one of the coolest fucking things is jeanette goldstein <laughs> and mark ralston after all these years, are still fucking yeah, friends. So, yeah, so that is fucking real. They are legit, like, BFFs in real life. Fucking, fucking Drake okay. and Vasquez, if they had survived LV-426, they are BFFs in real life. And that is That's, truly, that makes my heart, that oh. melts my cold, yes. dead heart. That is one of the goddamn greatest things I've it ever really heard. It really is, dude. It really is. So check out Podcast After Dark. Please go check out Talking Back. Those uh, those guys over there, Tim and Dean, they are fucking crushing it. You've heard us talk about them before, but they're killing it, guys. We, we love them. We wouldn't have brought them into the network if we didn't love them. Uh, every, sh- every show on this network I listen to because I legit enjoy. So honestly, yeah. that... I recommend it. That's literally like as a just a straight podcast listener. Not that they're my friends or anything like that, but it's just as a listener, I recommend talking back. I think they're fucking fantastic. Those guys are fucking hilarious. Yeah, they really are. They really are. So yeah. go check them out. And while you're out there, tapity tap, clickety click on the type keyboards. Why don't you type in uh, patreon.com slash cartwright? Yeah. And then you can find yeah. our entire back catalog for wait what, what was that adam how much is our entire back catalog of about i think at this point 76 or 77 ad free episodes if i was gonna pay for that i'd probably pay at least a hundred dollars oh what well you you know the funny thing is you actually can you can make any donation that you want oh but the nice okay. thing is it only costs one dollar a month what? <laughs> but that being said, if you guys want to give us a hundred, you actually can. You can type one and then two zeros and hit enter. They will give us that money. That will be ours. So thank you. But uh <laughs> we appreciate all the love and support you guys give us over on the uh on the Patreon page and everywhere else. Yeah. So check out all of our old episodes there. Um, and just in general, thank you for listening. Thank you for being a Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast listener. We really appreciate all of you. And for Corey, I'm Adam, and this has been the Marine Biologist. (laughs) And this was Seinfeld 
God no, damn, I no, fucked you it gotta up. finish this it. Is, Say it. This is, is Cartwright. No. Fuck this you. This is Seinfeld, a Cartwright podcast. No. <laughs> I'm not gonna. Be, no, 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 no. This is Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. This is Seinfeld, a Cartwright podcast. Fuck you. <laughs> Keeping all of that in. Have you been wondering where's the beef? Well, on our podcast, Throwback Trivia Takedown, you might just find that out, as well as some other things about the 70s, 80s, and 90s. We're a nostalgic-based trivia show that pits two challengers head-to-head in a duel of the decades, with categories ranging from movies, TV and music, to slang, food, and fashion. You're sure to get the best in retro-themed trivia. So strap on your jelly shoes, grab a surge, and walk like an Egyptian to your favorite podcast app and check out Throwback Trivia Takedown. I heard even Mikey likes it. <laughs>